Welcome to the Harvest House Church Sermon of the Week podcast. Our vision is to empower each person to know God, experience freedom, and discover their purpose to make a difference. Enjoy the message from this past Sunday. Good morning, everyone. Doing okay this morning? Make it so far? All right. Thank you. Really appreciate the opportunity um, to be here. I love this house. Um, If you're a guest with us this morning, you've come to a good place. If you're kicking the tires and checking under the hood of Harvest House, um, from someone who's very picky about uh, where myself and my my family attend church, this place has, it's got the goods. So um, like Daryl said, I've been here for two years uh, working at OCC in Central Africa. And so um, my favorite part uh, about Harvest House Church is the heart of the pastor. I love watching someone who preaches from a heart of freedom and who has a heart for prayer. And uh, for those of you dudes out there, when you, uh, I would encourage you to come to, to the Tuesday morning men's prayer, 615. Um, women, you all pray anyway. You know, it's, it's easy to get a bunch of women to pray, but to get dudes a- awake at six o'clock in the morning, I know it's more than the Bojangles. It's actually the, you know, God that draws them. And there's about 20 or 30 of us that show up and it's fantastic, so it's actually the highlight of my week. Well, I'm gonna pray and ask God to help me unpack uh, this topic of peace, and uh, why don't you join with me, close your eyes, bow your heads. Those of you online, uh, we'll let you peek if you want, and uh, nobody will rat you out. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the ability to unpack your word. Thank you, God, that your word stands forever. When we live in a world that's being tossed to and fro, your, your word is like a, a firm foundation. It is a firm foundation for us. We thank you, God, for every person here, every person watching online, and we ask, Lord, that you would give us all ears to hear, a heart to perceive what you're saying to us personally, how to apply it to our lives. And Lord, I ask uh, that you'd help me to preach. Help me, Lord, to unpack your word. I trust you. I lean into you, Holy Spirit. You know how much I need you. And so have your way today. In Jesus' name. Amen. So um, it's kind of funny when Daryl approached me, I think it was on a Tuesday morning at prayer, uh, he had mentioned if I was going to be here the month of December and the possibility of me uh, preaching, you know, at, at Harvest House. And it's kind of strange because the day before I had gone to work early and I had just been spending some time with the Lord and, and he like dropped this message in my heart and I wrote it all down and I was like, man, Lord, why did you... I don't, I'm not a pastor of a church anymore. I work at OCC and I don't really preach anymore. I, I mean, I preach in French in Africa, but don't really do much here. And then the next day, Daryl invited me. And so it was pretty cool how the Lord just worked all that, that all out for me to be here. And so I'm trusting that what I'm gonna say today is gonna be helpful. And I hope that we all are encouraged uh, when it's all said and done and, and we're headed to watch the Bucks win today. Amen. <laughs> Creating enemies right out the gate. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to talk about peace today. And so I want to um, unpack the, the first thing. The first verse is Luke chapter 2. Uh, Daryl already read it, but it's really good. Um, it says in verse 13, it says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. So this passage, the angels are announcing the, the, the arrival of the Son of God, the creator of the universe. I and mean, this is a big deal. 
And so the angels are not just saying nice Christmassy things. They're actually unpacking God's will for the planet. And so they're saying on the planet Earth, peace is what's gonna come and what's gonna happen. And so even from that point to today, this has not been fulfilled. Like the earth has not been covered completely in peace. We're still waiting for that day. But apparently God has a global peace plan. And it's not just, you know, what are you praying for? I'm praying for world peace. No, it's actually gonna happen when Jesus returns. And so I know maybe sometimes we don't think too much about the return of Jesus, but he's actually literally coming back like when he returns, you're gonna be able to turn on the TV and see Jesus exercising his authority over the earth and taking dominion over the nations. Think about what, that, what that's gonna be like. Yeah, amen, that's right. But at the end of it all, peace is gonna reign over every square inch of planet earth. And that's his promise. And so we're kind of living in the in-between. We're living in a part where we know peace is coming and it's our inheritance and it's gonna happen, but we're not there yet, so what do we do? And I'm hoping to maybe help fill in some of that blank. Isaiah says it in Isaiah chapter nine, another good Christmassy uh, holiday verse. He says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You know, Isaiah could have said anything. He's, he could have said, you know, the, the prince of worship or the prince of love. No, on purpose, he said the prince of peace, the shalom of God. So this is a major biblical theme, this thing called peace. And uh, it's actually incredible that God invites us in and he actually has a plan. So what is God's plan to bring peace on earth? How, how on earth is God gonna facilitate his global peace? Well, there's a clue in Matthew chapter five, verse nine. So if you ever read through the Beatitudes, this is probably one of the most significant passages of scripture in the whole Bible is Matthew chapter five. You can look at it as like the constitution of the kingdom. So this is as Christians, as followers of Jesus, this is how we're supposed to live. And tucked away in there is Matthew 5, 9, where Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. In other words, we are God's agents of peace on the earth, you and me. So when we look at the earth, when we look at God's plan, the promise of peace globally, and we're like, man, how is it gonna happen? He looks at us and says, guess what? <laughs> Buckle up, buttercup, because you're a part of the plan. We're, you are my agents of peace, and wherever you go, you're blessed because you're a peacemaker. It's amazing in this passage in Matthew 5 that Jesus connected our function of being a peacemaker with like our family position. We'll be called sons of God or children of God. And so that's kind of the, the fruit. That's what's supposed to lie in our wake is peace. You know, there's, there's pe people are known for certain things. Italians, they love pasta, right? Children love candy. The, the, the children of God are supposed to bring peace wherever they go. And I know that you might hear that and you're like, okay, sure, the sermon is about peace and so he has to talk about peace, but I can't even get my kids to stop fighting. How on earth am I supposed to be an agent of global peace on the earth? That sounds like kind of out there. And I understand when I first started unpacking this and studying it for myself, I was like, man, Lord, I see what the Bible says about me being a peacemaker, but I don't, I don't really understand it. I mean, maybe if it was like 
a global stress plan or a global weight gain plan, I'd be all on board and I'd be the first one to do it, but global peace, I don't know. And I think maybe it sounds impossible. I mean, aren't all the assignments of heaven impossible? Didn't God arrange it just that way on purpose that everything he calls us to do is virtually impossible without him? It is, and I don't think he'd have it any other way. I think he assigns us to impossible tasks, so we invite him into it. So we ask him for help, and so he helps accomplish it through us. This assignment seems impossible, and I know for me, um, part of it seems impossible because sometimes I see turmoil in my own life. You know, like how how can I be a peacemaker when I'm not in peace, at peace on the inside? Sometimes I find myself trying to escape just to find peace. And I think we live in, our, in a culture where there's a hundred options to find peace so that you can escape the lack of peace that's happening on the inside. I mean, the, the pandemic, uh, for me and my family, we've escaped to Netflix and binged every show. I'm not ashamed that I, I crushed some Downton Abbey this last six months. Truth be told, Mandalorian has saved my marriage. Praise God, you know. But it's because with everything happening, we watch the news, we see everything happening in our world, there's this global pandemic, we don't feel peace, we're afraid, and so we escape. We escape to shopping and video games and alcohol and eating and, I mean, there's every flavor of things you can escape to to abdicate your calling as a peacemaker. When the angels promised peace in Luke chapter two, I don't think it was just talking about peace in the Middle East or peace you know, from global war. I think the angels were declaring peace here first. And I think if we're to walk in our calling as peacemakers, we've gotta first allow peace to hit us in our hearts. You know, the Bible talks about peace with God and the peace of God. The peace with God is, is first, like, Many people, maybe people watching online right now, you, you feel like your life is in turmoil. Maybe you don't even know God. Maybe you're here this morning sitting in this, uh, this room and you're like, I don't, I don't even know who God is. And I don't, I, somebody just invited me. I don't even know what that means. Well, I got great news. The Prince of Peace, Jesus, he arrived on this planet 2,000 years ago to remove everything that stood in the way of us being in relationship with God the Father. The God of the Bible loves you so much that he, he, he spared no expense and went to every opportunity to make a way for us to have peace with God. For me, it happened when I was 19. At 19 years old, I was a mess. I was a, a, a son of missionaries and then when we came back to the States after being missionaries in Africa, I just rebelled and got involved in every, every flavor of darkness you can imagine. But at 19, I met the Lord, and I, got, I, I found peace with God. In other words, I didn't have to pay for my own sin anymore. You see, every sin is gonna be paid for, no matter what. And either your sin is paid for by Jesus because he died for your sin and you received that gift of salvation by faith. You say, Jesus, yes, I, I believe that when you died, you died for me personally. So he pays for your sin. But if you've never come to that place, then I got some tough news. You're gonna have to pay for your own sin. And the, the payment for sin is death, and it's a tough one. And nobody can pay for it. Jesus is the only way. So maybe... 
peace with God starts with, Jesus, will you be the payment for my sin? Will you come and make your home in me? Will you live inside of my life and so that I don't have to know the, the worry of having to pay for my own sin or, or you know, I don't have peace with God and I, I would like to know it. What a great message. What a great Christmas message and a great theme that God made a way for us to have peace with God. But not just peace with God, but uh, the peace of God. And what does that mean? That means if God makes peace with us, it means that we're in relationship with him, he's our father, but then he can dispense peace through us. And that's the miracle. That's the crazy, mind-blowing part of walking with Jesus is not only do we have peace with God and our sin is taken care of, but now we become God's agents of peace on the earth and peace flows through us. And somehow, supernaturally, and we're gonna talk about it in a little bit, God allows peace to pour through our lives onto the earth. It's pretty crazy if you think about it. But uh, I remember just actually this last month, I, um, stuff had happened in my life and you know, I watched God using some, some great men and women of God and I, you know, with the COVID thing, I felt like I was on the shelf and slowly and subtly, I started to believe a lie that I was a second-class citizen in God's family and I was kinda, you know, I had to sit at the kids' table in, at God's Thanksgiving dinner and God used the big, more spiritual people and I, was, I just felt far away and slowly I started to believe this lie and I started to find myself distancing myself from the Lord and I had a presupposition that spending time with God wasn't gonna be great. You know, presupposition is dangerous. A lot of times we presuppose that spending time with the Prince of Peace isn't gonna be good and so we stand afar off. Maybe you're here today and you find yourself in that situation. Maybe the last time you prayed was days, weeks, months ago. Well, that was me not too, in the not too distant past. And then one day, it was really strange, this, this thought dropped in my head. The Lord said, I wanna meet with you tomorrow. And it was so like, out of, the, like out of left field that I knew it was the Lord. And I was like, okay. And so I said, all right, Lord, I'll, I'll meet with you tomorrow. And uh, every day I go to the office early. Um, as, when the doors open, I'm the first one in and I, and I get to get my cubicle because nobody else is on the floor. I get the whole place to myself and I can sing and shout and pray. And anyway, the whole day leading up to that, I was anticipating meeting with Jesus. And it's crazy when you anticipate it, how like your heart starts to beat and you start thinking, man, what is he gonna say? And man, he asked me for a meeting and man, what's it, what's it gonna be like? Similar to like if I, if I have a date with my wife, I get all excited, I think, man, what am I gonna wear? What are we gonna eat? You know, all the fun things that happen when I spend time with my wife, it's exciting because of the anticipation. And I wonder if maybe one of the ingredients missing from our prayer life or our walk with God is simply just anticipating the times that we have with him. And when, when I have a time with the Lord, I do have a prayer list. I pray for this church. I pray for Daryl and Courage. I have my family and nephews and nieces that I pray for. I pray for folks in Africa. And, but this time I just said, okay, Lord, I'm gonna give you the first, I don't know, 15 minutes that I just wanna spend time with you. And so I sat down and I just said, okay, Lord, here I am. And the presence of God just filled my little cubicle and I began to cry and I was like a little baby and... It was, it was amazing. And in that moment, the Lord recalibrated my heart. And I had believed lies. I had felt distant. I, I, just, it was, I was just far. 
And in those, those, just those few moments, the Lord just caused my heart to be right with him and he erased all the lies. I knew who I was and I was like, oh man, Lord, you're so good. And I had engaged with the Prince of Peace. And I would encourage you, maybe sometime be before Christmas, uh, maybe tonight, maybe tomorrow morning, why don't you just take five or 10 minutes and engage with the Prince of Peace and just say, okay, Lord, I'm putting my agenda aside, all the laundry list of things I need you to do for me, and instead I just wanna be with you. I'm gonna leave the screens aside, no laptops, no iPads, and I just wanna spend time with you. I double dog dare you to do it. In that time, one of the verses that kind of was highlighted was Colossians chapter two, verses nine, um, actually verse nine. And uh, I began to study it for this passage, or for this, this, um, this message, and I wanna unpack it for you because it really, I hope, will help, help minister to you. And Paul, the apostle, writes to the church, Colossians chapter two, verse nine, he says, for in him, talking about Jesus, for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, Jesus was completely God, is completely God. And then Paul goes on to write, he says, and you, talking to the church, and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Now I, re I read that and it, it kind of goes in conflict with a lot of what I believed about myself. You know, I would often think I was incomplete and I was this lowly, wretched sinner and, I, you know, I, I was identifying myself with my sin, identifying myself with the distance that I felt, identifying myself with my mistakes, but the Bible says right here that I'm complete in him. Now, I love this church and I love Daryl because he nerds out and I'm going to channel my inner nerdy Daryl for a second. And that word complete in the Greek is the word peploromenoi. Now that's just a big fancy Greek word and it means full or, for, or fulfilled, right? But it's the same passage, it's the same root word that's found in this passage here in Matthew chapter one. So this is the angel announcing the coming of Jesus. So the angel says, and she, talking about Mary, will be, bring forth a son and you should call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled. Everybody say fulfilled. That's the same root word as the word complete in Colossians. So what does that mean? Sometimes we feel like we're, we have varying degrees of being completed in Jesus. But look at my eyeballs for a second, please. Those of you online, maybe press your nose up against the screen. You, us, all of us are complete in him, complete. In the same way that a prophecy is fulfilled, same word, the prophecy is fulfilled when Jesus came, you are complete when Jesus comes to live inside of you. We lack nothing. Everything we need to be the peacemakers on the earth, we have living inside of us. We don't, we don't have to wait for anything, it's already there. The same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. That's the supernatural uh, nuclear power of a billion suns lives in you. The same spirit that helped Jesus create the earth lives in you. Now, some of you get a little weirded out by it, because, and I'm not trying to exalt you as like God, but even Paul had to convince people that he wasn't a God because he understood how complete he was. 
If we're gonna be a part of God's global peace plan, it has to start by understanding and believing that Jesus is all we need. Jesus plus nothing is everything. So practically, what does this look like to be a peacemaker? Well, first, we gotta stop taking our cues from our mistakes. You're not just somebody who is divorced. You're not just somebody who is sick. You're not someone who has a, a porn habit. You're not someone who can't just seem to get good grades. You're not someone who keeps making mistakes. That is not who you are. And if you walked into this place or are watching online and you're believing the lie that your identity is what you've done, I'm here to tell you that's not who you are. The Bible says that you're complete in Jesus. And it's time we start taking our cues from what God says about us instead of what our experience lies to us about. And I spent years of my life believing a lie about who I was instead of what the Bible says about me. God's global peace plan starts with us knowing who we are. We're his kids. And wherever his kids go, peace happens. So practically, what does it look like to be a peacemaker? Well, the answer is found very simply in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18. 2 Corinthians 5, 18. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and, that's a big and, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. So what does that look like? Before Jesus God was over here, we were over there, separated by a vast chasm of sin, darkness, and impossibility. And then Jesus shows up on the scene at Christmas and he says, it's not good that my father and his creation are far apart because of sin. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna erase everything that is standing in the way so that the two can come together and be reconciled. That word reconciliation is just a fancy word that means two people that are apart, Come back together. Now let's read that again. All things are of God who has reconciled us to himself. If you have said yes to Jesus and surrendered your life to him, then praise God, good news, you have been reconciled to God. An account that has been reconciled means all the expenses and all of the deposits are evened out so that what is at the very bottom is the right number. And even though maybe we feel a certain way or we may mess up a certain way, it doesn't matter, we have been reconciled with God, erased all the debts, deposited his righteousness inside of us. We're seated with Christ in heavenly places. It could have just stopped at the reconciliation part. That would have been amazing. But not only are we reconciled to God, but then it's like Christmas. He goes, oh, by the way, I have a gift for you, the ministry of reconciliation. Not only am I gonna erase everything that stands in the way of you being together with my papa, my father, but now what I just did, I'm calling you to do. Now, what, did you see what I did there? I erased all these things and I brought you two together. Now, you go on the earth and do the, do the same thing. So that we now, as children of God, are called to go into the gap, right? Find the gap where there's people that are apart or people who are far from God. We go in the gap and we say, hey, I am all about world peace. <laughs> 
It might be a good way to start a conversation. Here, let's talk about world peace. Ooh, yeah, that sounds fantastic. Let me, let me, are you at peace with the creator of the world? We find the gap, we go in there, and we bring reconciliation. People that are far from people, people that are far from God, that's where we go. Some of you might be here today watching online and you are dreading Christmas dinner because relatives are coming over, Uncle Fester and he's weird, right? Or you got that one cousin you don't get along with or maybe there's been a a split in the family and you just, you don't know how you're gonna make it through. I'm telling you how. You're gonna be a minister of reconciliation. You were called to this. In light of what's happened in 2020, I think there has never been a better time for the church to know who she is. There's never been a better time in history. I don't think our nation has ever been more divided than it is right now. Except maybe the Civil War, that was pretty divided, right? That was, they may have one on us right now. But 2020 is a close second, right? Never in history, except for the Civil War, has there been more divided America than right now. Everybody look in my eyes. This is so huge. We were made for 2020. We were made for this. When I pastored in Tampa many years out, you know, part of doing the pastor gig is you have to do marriage counseling. And so I would sit down with a couple inevitably and they're, you know, telling why the other person's no good and that person's telling why they're no good and nobody's taking ownership of their own actions. They're all just blaming and blaming and blaming and you know, when you're a counselor, you have to kind of tread lightly. You can't, you can't favor the one over the other. You can't be like, oh, yeah, man, your wife is terrible, right? You can't say that. And you can't say, oh, man, yeah, your husband's a big fat jerk. You can't say that either. Why? Because your goal is reconciliation. Now, I'm going to meddle here a little bit because I have permission from Pastor Daryl. Our country is so fiercely divided, You got the red states and the blue states. You got this and you got that. And we're all watching one channel or the other. And we all want one candidate or the other. But I'm telling you, the moment you you take sides, you forfeit your calling as a minister of reconciliation. Because we end up demonizing the other side. The other side that, by the way, was made in God's image the same as you. And today, I I simply want to call us higher I wanna call us higher, I wanna call us to the ministry of reconciliation to be peacemakers in America because America needs it. America doesn't need somebody who's just throwing stuff online hoping to provoke the other side because the people you provoke, you'll never reach with the gospel. We gotta be higher. We're not citizens of this country, we're citizens of the kingdom of God. And that kingdom is gonna be around long after America is gone. We're called the ministers of reconciliation. As peacemakers, we don't have the luxury of choosing a side. We have the privilege of unveiling who people really are. You're made in the image of God and so are you. And God loves you both and he doesn't love you more than you and he loves us all with perfect love. Amen? Okay, I can move on off my soapbox. So 
I wrestled in preparing for this message with how to make it memorable. Because I think we've probably, most of us maybe read this passage in 2 Corinthians 5. And so we've heard that we're supposed to be peacemakers, blessed are the peacemakers. God has this great you know, global peace plan where he wants us to be a part of it. That's fantastic. But I think we often forget practically that we need to actually do it and we just forget. And, and so you know, I, I thought, how can I make it memorable? And uh, I'm going to get some help, hopefully, from my, my friend, not really, Bader Meinhof. The Bader Meinhof effect, you all have experienced it, maybe you just don't know what it's called. About six months ago, um, my Toyota Prius got intimate with a Boone deer. <laughs> the deer residents up on the mountain, they're stout, right? And uh, my, my poor Prius lost the end of that bargain. So I ended up buying a Subaru. And after I bought the Subaru, instantly I realized that there are thousands and thousands of Subarus in Boone. How many of you drive a Subaru? Real quick, show of hands. Yeah, that's like more, what are the chances, right? Start a club, right? So I didn't notice that they were always there. I never saw them. But the moment I drove a Subaru, I see them everywhere. So I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try my hardest to, to make that happen with us so that we remember that we're ministers of reconciliation. And that why, that's why I have this jacket next to me. You're probably wondering, what on earth is the jacket? This is my reconciliation jacket, okay? I'm gonna explain it in just one moment. But all through scripture, all through scripture, God used the remembrances. For instance, uh, in, in the, in the Noah's, Noah's Ark story, God put the rainbow in the sky. Why? So we remember his promise that he's never gonna flood the earth. We remember, oh yeah, the rainbow, that's because God promised he's never gonna flood the earth. You know, like uh, when the children of Israel crossed the Jordan River, they put a pile of stones there that the Bible says stands till this day so that when the children of Israel, when their kids see it, they're like, yo mom, why is there a pile of rocks? Well, son, it's because God delivered us and we crossed over on dry ground and we do this so we remember. So, how does this, <laughs> what on earth does this have to do with the jacket? Um, the other day, I, I, this is my ski jacket. I counted, and there are 17 zippers on my jacket of reconciliation. And in my opinion, there has never been a greater illustration or picture of reconciliation than the good old-fashioned zipper, right? You got the one side over here. You got the other side over here. But after that zipper rolls through, they're together, and pretty much every one of us in this room has a daily contact with the zipper. Unless you're one of those weird button fly people, then we'll put you on the prayer list. Right? But honestly, I know I'm just, it's funny, but seriously, what if every time we zipped up a jacket, what if every time we encountered a zipper, we thought, wow, what a picture of my calling as a minister of reconciliation? Where in my life do I see two parties that are far apart that need to come together? Where in my life do I know somebody who's far from God who needs me to go in there and bring peace into their life so they can know the Prince of Peace? And it's just something, I don't know, it might work, it might not. Hopefully you'll remember. Hopefully you'll be ruined for the rest of your life. Every time you think of a zipper, you're thinking, man, dang it, that James...
Paul goes on in 2 Corinthians 5, uh, just a verse later in verse 20. He says, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. That's what it looks like. That's what it looks like to, be a, a, to have the ministry of reconciliation. Right now, I'm living this verse. Right now, the God of the Bible, the God of heaven, is imploring you through me to be reconciled. He's saying to you online and in this room, he's saying, I love you. I wanna be near to you. I'm tired of being far away. Will you just come close? I've made every provision. I've erased every sin. I'm a good father. Will you just come close? He's imploring. He longs to be with you. That's what it looks like. And you, we all know people in our life that are far and just need to be loved well. It, it could sound something so simple as this, just these, these words. Listen, look at my eyes. Can I pray for you? The ministry of reconciliation. Who, who's gonna say no to that? Well, yeah. You're all, maybe you're heading out to, to lunch after, after uh, church today. Why don't you ask your waiter, your waitress, hey, we're about to pray for our meal. How can we pray for you? The ministry of reconciliation, the zipper. Why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes? Just I wanna pray for us. Before I pray, um, I have a young man named Tyler who uh, we, we do Zoom discipleship calls twice a month. And I was telling him I got invited to preach today and he goes, man, and he started praying for me in this message. And as he was praying, he said, Lord, I just pray for miracles and, and healings to break out. And so because he prayed that, um, if you didn't know, God still is in the business of healing bodies. And so if you're here today, you need a, you need a healing. I'm gonna agree with you. I'm gonna believe with you for a miraculous healing. And he still does that stuff. And I'm believing that we're gonna hear some cool reports after of God opening eyes and healing backs and, and you know, healing kidneys and, and all kinds of stuff because God loves to show his love by healing bodies. So I'm gonna pray for that. And then if you're here today and... Uh, Maybe, you're, maybe you need the ministry of reconciliation. Maybe you're far from God and you just, you woke up this morning, you just felt like God was farthest from you and maybe he sent me here to tell you that he loves you. Maybe he sent me here to tell you that you're not as far as you think and that you are close. Father in heaven, I just pray right now for everyone in this room, everyone watching online, I pray right now that they would encounter the presence of the Holy Spirit. We declare healing over every body in Jesus' mighty name. We take authority over every infirmity, every sickness, every disease, every pulled muscle, every, uh, every skeleton that is out of alignment, every bone that needs to be mended, everything, Lord. We commit it all to you and we declare you are the God who heals. Thank you for healing, Lord. And God, those who feel far away, I pray those who have never confessed Jesus, never surrendered, that right now they would just simply say, Jesus, I receive your payment for my sin. Reconcile me with the Father. And Lord, I pray for those that maybe walked in today and just felt far away like I did this month and that they would know that they're so close, that they're complete in you. Thank you, Prince of Peace for bringing peace to us, 
for pouring peace through us. Thank you, thank you, Lord. We're so grateful, so grateful. You're a good, good father. You're perfect in all your ways. And we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for hanging in there. Don't forget the zipper. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To find out more about our ministry, visit hhcboon.org or find us on Facebook and Instagram at Harvest House Church Boone.